to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, May the 16th, 2022, and boy, is there a lot to get into today to catch up over the weekend. You might have heard that uh, billionaire tech guru Elon Musk has postponed the Twitter deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, some are speculating that he has uncovered, uh, you know, basically they're frauding their investors. And so he has put the deal on hold. So freedom on the Twitter platform may not yet be a reality. Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll talk about that today. Of course, there was the horrible and tragic news out of Buffalo, New York. Our friends and family up there from the Station of the Cross Network are, are dealing with this. Uh, a shooter shot 13 people, and um, I think at least 10 people died. It was a horrible incident, and there's already a great and a lot of speculation about the uh, the shooter who is in custody today. Apparently, allegedly, he wrote a manifesto hating Jews, rejecting Christianity, is an avowed left-wing authoritarian, uh, Azov, you know, Nazi symbols on his uh, social platforms. Who knows? We'll have to wait to see how this all comes out, but praying for those that are suffering today in Buffalo, New York. Finland says it's going to join NATO, and then Russia cuts off its energy, electricity. There's that. Saudi oil giant is saying they're making tons of money in this brave new world economy that we're suffering through. And there was, in fact, an arrest for the tabernacle that was stolen sacrilegiously out of St. Bartholomew's out in Katy. Not a lot of details as to the identity or the motive. They claimed it had nothing to do with the Roe v. Wade leak out of the Supreme Court. And as of yet, the tabernacle has not yet been recovered, as far as I know. But all of that and more coming up on the show today. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Was your weekend good? Oh, it was pretty good, although, you know, it's, everything's becoming a blur. I can't Everything? remember what I did. <laughs> like over the weekend or like <laughs> yeah, a weekend. minute ago? Oh, that too. Let's yeah. see. Uh, where are we again? Good morning, Joe. <laughs> what day is it? What time is it? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Well, I do know that we had a great time last week with our friend Mike Koniger. Yes, it was very good to have him on. He was a great support to the show. Yeah. Oh, I remember what I did this weekend. What would you do? I went antiquing. Oh, I did. Did you get anything good? Uh, yeah, I got one pretty cool uh, brass filigree uh, perfume bottle. Really? For my wife. So wow. That was cool. Hey, now. You suck but, it uh, up. You know what? Brownie there's, points. There's a lot of uh, pagan stuff out there in the <laughs> antique stores. I'm like, whoa, I think I better pack a St. Michael's medal or something. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you walk in with exercise salt and holy I water? I should have. Just a crucifix? Pagan statues everywhere. Get me behind me. How much for that thing over there? <laughs> Where's your Catholic stuff? <laughs> Where's your, yeah, sorry. Speaking of Catholic stuff, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be back. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. You know, I really really need a vacation from that vacation <laughs> absolutely exhausting uh we got up three in the morning to try to get to the airport on uh on sunday on uh the thursday and then t today we our flight got delayed so i went to bed at like midnight yeah uh, but other than that it was a good trip uh it was a lot of fun 
went to go see St. Augustine, Florida, and got to see Our Lady of La Leche, the shrine there. That was pretty amazing. Got to see the uh, Fort San, uh, San Marcos mm. and a number of the other great sites there, the, the uh, Basilica there in St. Augustine. Wow. It was a pretty awesome experience. I very much enjoyed it. I'd have to make a trip down to Florida again, maybe for the Men's March. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, we're glad you had a good time. Mike Koeniger, our friend from Virginia, did a great job filling in for Rudy, who then filled in for you. And uh, we're very grateful for Mike's uh, participation. Today, coming up at 35 past the hour in our guest segment, we're going to talk about a very difficult case out of Boise, Idaho. Back in March, uh, a child was taken from its parents. And uh, it's being called a medical kidnapping by their attorney. Uh, attorney Colton Boyle is going to join us to give us the details. And the good news is, I mean, there is good news in this story. In fact, the baby was returned, praise be to God, and the family's moving forward. But the implications of this are actually very, very concerning. So attorney Colton Boyle is joining us at 35 past the hour to talk about medical kidnapping, a trend that is not good for our country and the world around us. All of that on today's show. So sit back, relax. A lot to get into today. Join us in the second hour, if you can, where we play our game Fear and Trembling with new prizes at stake this week. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, May 15th, and this is your news roundup. Breitbart reports Buffalo shooter targeted black neighborhood, officials say. The 18-year-old who, who fatally shot 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket researched the local demographics and arrived a day in advance to conduct reconnaissance with the intent of killing as many black people as possible, said officials on Sunday. Federal authorities were still working to confirm the authenticity of a racist 180-page document purportedly written by Grant Gendron that detailed his plans for the attack and reasons, one of them being replacement theory for carrying it out. Gendron surrendered to police who confronted him in the supermarket's vestibule and convinced him to drop the rifle he had put to his neck. Part of the attack was streamed on his Twitch account. He was arraigned later on Saturday on a murder charge, appearing before a judge in a paper gown. Axios reports Texas allowed to resume investigations of families with trans kids. A Texas Supreme Court ruled Friday that the state could resume investigating parents for child abuse if they seek gender-affirming care for so-called transgender kids after being blocked from doing so in March. The probes began after Texas Governor Greg Abbott ordered state agencies in February to investigate gender-affirming care for transgender kids as child abuse. But the court ruled, called both Abbott's order and the state's attorney general, general's opinion non-binding, meaning that the state agencies are not required to report and investigate families who seek this type of medical attention. Justin News reports buyers need nearly 50% more income to purchase homes in top metro areas, report finds. Housing is significantly less affordable than it was a year ago because of the surge in housing costs has far outpaced the increase in wages, Me many, meaning many Americans are now priced out of home ownership, Redfin Deputy Chief Economist Taylor Marr said. Nationwide homebuyers need to earn $76,000 annually to afford a monthly mortgage of 1910. 
an increase of 34.2% from the previous year. The national median home sale is $400,000 and a 17% increase from last year. And Military.com reports four Air Force cadets may not graduate due to vaccine refusal. Across the military, the Army, Navy, and Air Force and Marine Corps have discharged nearly 4,000 active duty service members for refusing the vaccine. According to recent data released by the services, more than 2,100 Marines, 900 sailors, 500 Army, Ar Army soldiers, and 360 airmen have been thrown out of the military. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Simon Stock. St. Simon Stock, he was one of the brothers of the Blessed Virgin Mary of Mount Carmel. And they had, they had their origins as a Christian hermit community in Palestine. With the enfeebling and fall of the Crusader kingdoms and the resumption of Muslim rule in the early 13th century, the members moved to Europe where they became mendicant friars. Simon was born in England and became an early leader of the order soon after it migrated to that country. Simon was known for his holiness during his life and miracles attested to this after his death. The surname Stock appears in some documents but not in others and is related to a story that Simon lived for a time in a hollow tree. Stock meaning tree trunk. Before the arrival of the Carmelites in England and in keeping with prophetic tradition. He is believed to have lived in Alisford in Kent, a place that hosted in 1247 the first general chapter of the Carmelite order held outside of the Holy Land, and where there is still a monastery of Carmelite friars today. Simon was probably the fifth or sixth prior general of the Carmelites. During his service, the order spread widely in southern and western Europe, especially in England. Stock is credited with founding houses in the university cities of that area, as in 1248 at Cambridge and 1253 in Oxford and 1260 in Paris and Bologna. This action was important for both the growth of the institution and for the training of its youngest members. Stock lived in an ascetic life and he lived on a diet of herbs, roots and wild apples and drank only water. He died in Bordeaux, France where he was buried. St. Simon Stock's last, lasting fame came from an apparition he had in Cambridge, England on July 16, 1251, at a time when the Carmelite order was being oppressed. In it, the Virgin Mary appeared to him holding the brown scapular in one hand. Her words were, Receive, my beloved son, the scapular of thy order. It is the special sign of my favor which I have obtained for thee and for thy children of Mount Carmel. He who dies clothed with this habit shall be preserved from eternal fire. It is the badge of salvation, a shield in time of danger, and a pledge of special peace and protection. So, what's the lesson here? Go get a, a brown scapular, get enrolled by a priest you know, and never take it off. St. Simon Stock, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 21 through 26. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not the Iscariot, said to him, Master, then what happened that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. 
Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Uh, Judas, not the Iscariot. <laughs> I like that. It's it almost funny. It's like, please don't confuse who's doing who here. In fact, Ignatius points this out. Judas, the son of James, also called Thaddeus. And that's why there's always the distinction in the list of the apostles, because nobody wants to be confused with the wrong Judas. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. St. Gregory points out, if thou wouldest prove thy love, show thy works. The love of God is never idle. Whenever it is, it doeth great things. If it do not work, it is not. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great Pray for us. You know, I am often reminded every time I have encountered somebody who, say, who would claim faith alone. All you need is to believe and that's it. Well, that is in itself a work. Is to believe is a work. But our Lord makes it exceedingly clear that it's not just good enough to believe. But that belief must be lived in action in every choice that you make until you are dead and standing before the Lord in judgment. That your life will be judged based on what you have done. That is very, very clear. He repeats that twice in this particular passage alone, let alone anywhere else in sacred scripture. So keep that in mind today. St. Augustine says, love distinguishes the saints from the world. Did you catch that? Love distinguishes the saints from the world. It maketh men to be of one mind in a house, in which house the Father and the Son take their abode, who give that love to those to whom, in the end, they will manifest themselves. Close quote, St. Augustine. Pray for us. St. Gregory the Great also said, quote, into some hearts he cometh, but not to make his abode with them. For some feel compunction for a season and turn to God, but in time of temptation forget that which gave them compunction and return to their former sins, just as if they had never lamented them. But whoso loveth God truly, into his heart the Lord both comes and also makes his abode therein. For the love of God, for the love of the Godhead, so penetrates him that no temptation withdraws him from it. He truly loves, whose mind no evil pleasure overcomes through his consent thereto. Close quote. Saint Gregory the Great, pray for us. Speaking of returning to one's former sins, pornography is still plaguing the body of Christ. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Atheists claim theists are essentially no different than atheists because we reject gods too, such as Greek and Roman gods. But this is plain absurdity. What's our reason? First, it's an abuse of language. A theist believes in at least one god. An atheist doesn't believe in any god. They're mutually exclusive terms. To say a theist is an atheist to most gods is like saying a married man is a bachelor to most women. Second, it's bad reasoning. 
To say I'm an atheist because I reject some gods is like saying I'm an anarchist, one who rejects all forms of government because I reject communism and fascism, some forms of government. But that's silly. So the claim that atheists and theists are no different doesn't hold water. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with attorney Colton Boyle from the Boise, Idaho area. There was a, a medical kidnapping, at least that's how it's being characterized, back in March. A little baby taken from its young parents. Why did that happen? What took place and what do they need to do to get their child back? And is this a trend that Americans ought to be very concerned about? Attorney Colton Boyle joins us at 35 past the hour to discuss that. Uh, but there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Here is a story that caught my attention this morning out of the Washington Examiner. The headline goes, Out with books, in with porn. You know what? Why this caught my attention to begin with is because I love to read. I didn't love to read when I was a kid. Middle school, I hated reading. I couldn't stand reading. I was delayed as a result of that. All of my, by the time I get to my freshman year in high school, all of my friends were pretty much advanced, and I had to work hard to try as best as I could to catch up to them by the end of my four years of high school. But I wonder... I wish I could go back now and take a poll because I was addicted to pornography since I was a little boy. So I wonder if there's a correlation here between pornography addiction and low reading levels among males. I'd be very curious as to see if there isn't such a correlation. But here's a little bit of this article, article out of the Washington Examiner. Drugs dropping out of the labor force. Hold on. Yeah, starts out with drugs. Dropping out of the labor force, the inability to get married, the unwillingness to start a family. Many of the pathologies of the working class and middle-aged in America are visible and large. They are public problems. Some of the most concerning maladies, though, may be the small private ones. Of men with no college education, less than one out of six people report having read a book for pleasure in the past week. According to the American Perspective Survey from the Survey Center on American Life, for comparison, 50% of college-educated women report having read for pleasure in the past week. What are men doing instead? Well, 44% of men report having watched pornography within the past month. Among those between 30 and 50 years old, 57% have watched in the past month, and 42% have watched in the past week. Put those numbers together, 
and you will see a bunch of older millennials and middle-aged working-class men who don't read but watch pornography. And the numbers, <clears throat> and the excuse me, and the numbers suggest these are most mostly lonely unmarried men. Quote, men who report having watched pornography, close quote, in the past 24 hours, the study authors found, quote, report the highest rates of loneliness. Six in ten men who watch pornography in the past 24 hours say they have felt lonely or isolated at least once in the past week, close quote. The casualty, no doubt, goes both ways. Pornography makes men sadder, lonelier, and less likely to be married. Being unmarried and lonely makes one sad and turn to pornography. Well, is it, <laughs> we have choices, though, right? We're not forced into it anyway. This article goes on to say, this makes the rising usage of pornography alarming, however you interpret the causality. It means we as a population are sadder and lonelier. And the reading numbers suggest that our increasingly isolated and alienated culture results in more quiet and healthy leisure. Close quote. That is the article from the Washington Examiner. Rudy, how was your reading skills when you were in middle school? When I was in middle school, believe it or not, I was pretty advanced. Really? Yeah, and that was because I had to internalize all of the things that were going around around me in yeah. a different way. My parents were splitting up. My grandma had just passed away. So I was going through a lot of different things. And I, instead of, because I'm more of an introvert, I kind of went into myself and I started reading a lot. So I like to what read. What reading? Oh, it's just, you know, the typical drivel that uh, middle schoolers read, Harry Potter, things like that. Oh, wow. No kidding. <laughs> I would absorb those books really quickly. Yeah, yeah. interesting. So uh, fiction. Yeah, a lot of fiction. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian, how about you? How was your reading skills in middle school? When I was a young child, my, I hated reading. I despised it. Did not want to read at all. My mom sat us down and forced us to read. And uh, so we, it was an absolute hor horrific time. But by the time I was in probably like third grade, I actually started loving reading. And, uh, third I was, grade, wow. Yeah, and I got very advanced in reading, so I was way ahead. Uh, me, we used to have these like book competitions of reading competitions. Mm. And I would always... <laughs> get second place always <laughs> it was a uh, it was a disaster very sad but no i was all, i've always been a very uh, voracious reader uh and usually like uh, rudy said a lot of dribble uh you know just children books that mm -hmm. are you know children books nowadays are not the same as children books 30 years ago right like the uh lightning thief the all these like harry potter i never read harry potter but things like that neo pagan uh, the well, I'm just not yeah. just the neo pagan themes of it, but just the the quality of writing. Like you have children in the past would read things mm -hmm. like Animal Farm, would read things like uh, 1984, like Huckleberry Finn, those kind of books. And sure. now we read like the Boxcart Children. Not that those are bad, but right. you know they're just not the same are you quality. Are you saying they're dumbed down? They're dumbed down, definitely, yeah. absolutely. And I think that that's a case we're finding a lot more of is that the school systems kind of. Where people are mm. is way lower than really what we could potentially be. Because when I was at St. Augustine, I was realizing that the captain who sailed from Spain to America started sailing when he was 14 years old. And by the time he got to America, he was like 18. And I'm like, 
<laughs> what are we doing? What have you done with your <laughs> life? Exactly. All the time? <laughs> he sailed across the world yeah. without the proper mapping system, sure. set up colonies, yeah. battled against uh, okay. different invaders. In his defense, he did not know. He did not have the proper mapping system. He thought navigating by the stars was the most advanced technique there was. <laughs> so give him some slack there. I know, I know. This guy. What this is he guy. thinking? What is he thinking? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, like I said at the beginning of this segment, I, I love to read now. But at the same time, I struggle to read now as well. And, uh, of course, I did have a pornography addiction for, as, a, as a little boy for a very long time until I had a, an incredible, powerful experience with Jesus in 2002. Praise be to God. Save my marriage. Save my family. Save my life. And I give God praise for that. But the temptation to always fall back into your former life is real, and you have to be on your guard. You have to actually be about the business of combating those temptations and over time they got easier combating those temptations through discipline and resolution made life so much more simple but i tell you one of the temptations that i struggle with today and again a reason why this caught my attention today was this correlation between books loneliness and t uh and reading and temptations that men are suffering from and how it's a compounding issue right uh, men who are addicted to pornography are emasculated and emasculated men suffer from all kinds of maladies that would also lend towards greater loneliness depression and or you know low marriage rates because you know a woman does not want naturally to marry an emasculated man a woman is naturally attracted to a, uh, a man who understands who he's supposed to be who God created him to be to be leader to, to be protector to be provider to be uh, given himself over to God in, in every aspect this is more attractive naturally in the natural order of things to the woman and men who are addicted to pornography don't possess those things they tend to be very emasculated so it's a compounding problem and it becomes like a two-for-one special for the devil in many ways right to to tempt men into pornography destroys both men and women because women especially young girls who are who are eager for attention eager for a boy to pay attention to them to give them some affirmation some love some affection will find themselves on a slippery slope choosing to do all kinds of uh, bad things in hopes of obtaining the one thing they want which is that affirmation that love that that affection and so it becomes like a two-for-one special we get the destruction of both men and women and family and society all in one fell swoop. This is why pornography is especially uh, effective as a tool for the devil and those that would follow him, the father of lies, in the destruction of souls, which is why we must combat it as a church and say, no, absolutely not. It is horrible. We must encourage men everywhere to go to confession, to repent, to live good and holy and clean lives, and then also to pick their pastimes wisely. Now, here's what I wanted to circle back on. I find it interesting because I have a stack of books. I love. I got to read more this weekend. Uh, I was really grateful to be able to have time to read this weekend. And to be honest, I could read a lot more, but I tend to spend a lot more time doing things like research on my phone, watching YouTube videos, keeping abreast of what's going on in the world so that I can be here on the show with you and inform you as to what's going on so that you don't have to. But as a result of that, I find myself wasting what time I would have 
I could be picking up one of my my favorite history books of Warren Carroll or uh, other books that I have. I have an entire library at the house of books that I would love to read, but I don't get to them as nearly as often as I could or should. And I find that very interesting in reading this and how I wonder how many men are in similar categories. One, they were late bloomers because of pornography addiction. Number two, they find themselves uh, utilizing their free time in activities that may lend more towards the temptation. Like how many times uh, YouTube wants to show me some scantily clad person who is talking about utter nonsense because every thumbnail now from every vlogger has to include a female utilizing her form, her shape, her beauty in a way to attract viewers, right? I mean, these temptations are grave and we should be very careful because as our Lord makes clear in the gospel today, if you love him, you're going to obey him. If you love him, you're going to strive to maintain a relationship with him Said another way, you're going to strive to stay in a state of grace, which is the relationship with him. And if you choose not to, then it's you breaking that relationship, not him. Right? Very fascinating. I also spent the weekend uh, watching, yesterday in fact, we watched uh, the uh, Ben-Hur film with Charlton Heston. Three and a half, three, almost three hours, 50 minutes long. I mean, the intro, uh, what do you call it, the overture was like... Seven, eight minutes or something like that. They, don't, they just don't make, they don't make films like this at all anymore whatsoever. It just blows my mind. An eight-minute overture of nothing but music. Just to prepare yourself for what will become the grand entrance of Ben-Hur. And to watch... Go ahead, Adrian. Isn't that interesting, though, that those overtures would happen and we don't have the patience for them anymore? No. Whatsoever. Zero. We get upset about 30 <laughs> seconds of logos. Right, and yes. I'm thinking about that because... Whenever we have silence for the first time in our lives, we have to calm ourselves to get into the mood to read, to watch something that's long, yes. to do anything that takes time. Yes. Our bodies, we have to like, it's like a spinning uh, wheel that has to slow down, yeah. but it takes time to do that, yeah. but we don't want to put forward the time to actually do that. So, I mean, it's very interesting. It's something yes. that we need to work on. I know I do. Yes, for sure. So, great film, Ben-Hur, lots of great takeaways in the, uh, in the old movie making. Maybe we'll talk about some of that. In our after show, which is the second half of the second hour of this program, if you can join us, do so. We'd love to have you hanging out with us. But, by the way, after this very short break, we're going to have more breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos. And then attorney Colton Boyle is going to be on to talk about medical kidnapping. We should be concerned. All of that is coming up next. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, 
the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's Mar- Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Breitbart reports Clarence Thomas on SCOTUS leak. He says, I wonder how long we're going to have these institutions. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas spoke out about the leaked draft opinion on abortion on Friday, saying such a breach brings into question how long our country's institutions will last at the rate we're undermining them. When you lose that trust, especially in the institution that I'm in, it changes the institution fundamentally. You begin to look over your shoulder, Thomas said. It's kind of like infidelity in that you can't explain it, but you can't undo it. Axios reports Russia's neighbor, Finland, confirms it will apply for NATO membership. If admitted, Finland's membership in NATO would more than double the length of the alliance's borders with Russia. The Finnish president said that Finland is seeking NATO membership because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine proved that the Kremlin does not respect officially non-aligned countries. Reuters reports tech firms ask U.S. Supreme Court to block Texas social media law. Lobbying groups representing Facebook, Twitter, Google, and other tech companies filed an emergency request with the U.S. Supreme Court on Friday, seeking to block a Texas law that prohibits large social media platforms from banning users based on their political views. The law forbids social media companies with more than 50 million active users per month from banning members based on their political views and requires them to publicly disclose how they moderate their content. Justin News reports mother sues TikTok after daughter allegedly dies during viral blackout challenge. Tawina Anderson, the mother of deceased 10-year-old Nyla Anderson, said in her lawsuit that her daughter was excruciatingly, excruciatingly asphyxiated in December when she attempted to perform a viral TikTok challenge known as the blackout challenge, which encourages children to choke themselves until passing out. Anderson in the lawsuit claims that TikTok's algorithm determined that the deadly blackout challenge was well-tailored and likely to be of interest to 10-year-old Nyla Anderson, and she died as a result. Those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Up to date. Uh, joining us right now is attorney Colton Boyle. He represents Marissa, Levi, and Cyrus Anderson uh, from North Dakota. Good morning to you, Mr. Boyle. Morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God. Yeah, praise be to God in all things. Thank you for your time today. Uh, There's a very concerning story here that we would love to get to the bottom of that happened, I guess, back, was it March 11th up in the Boise, Idaho area? Could you tell us about this? Yeah, sure. So I represented uh, Marissa Anderson after about a week and a half in the case. I was down there for another trespass case, a gentleman uh, was trespassed out of a health district meeting for trying to redress a grievance of being forced to wear a mask to get into a public meeting. And uh, just happened to be down there. The hospital had taken the child. And we can only talk about what's public, but what's been public and put in the news is that the child uh, was diagnosed with failure to thrive. So the baby was underweight. About 30 cops surrounded them at a gas station, took the baby forcefully from the mother, uh, in an ambulance, wouldn't let her go to the hospital. And it was so egregious, it just started taking off in the news. Um, 
we filed a bunch of pleadings, eventually got the case dismissed. And it, it just went to show every parent how at risk they are of being caught up in the system and being liable for twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars of legal fees, not seeing their child of a tender age for a week when they need to be breastfeeding. Yeah, especially given the headlines today of the baby formula shortage in our country, which is another crisis altogether, that a mom was not able to breastfeed her child for up to uh, a week, which is pretty crazy to me. So let's talk about the details of this. Now, so the state claimed that they believe the parents contributed to the baby losing weight or being sick? Yeah, so so I have to be careful because the, some of it I can't discuss unless it's already in the media. So I will try and stick to just what's already been sure. uh, revealed or in the media. But essentially, the child just wasn't gaining weight like they expect the child to gain weight. And if you watch the videos, the body cam videos online, the police officers just look at the child. It was a little late at night, maybe about 1130 because they were at a dinner party with some friends. And the cops were like, eh, the baby looks a little lethargic, and it doesn't seem to be responding, and it looks underweight, so let's take it. And so that was the standard that I was concerned with, uh, the emergency removal, that first interaction that they had with law enforcement, because you're going to have an officer deciding whether or not it's an emergency to take a child based solely on a couple of factors like that. It's just not enough. It puts everybody at risk especially when parental rights are some of the oldest, longest-standing, well-elaborated, fundamental constitutional rights in this nation. I, I watched an interview over on Epic TV with, um, uh, with Marissa's dad, and he, he seemed to suggest that, that uh, they were trying to start to go down this road, uh, sort of suggesting going down this road earlier in the day trying to get her to go to a certain location. Can you tell us about anything related to that? Yeah, so they uh, mm. you generally the Department of Health and Welfare will send a social worker into your hospital room kind of under the guise that they're a medical professional. So I try and just scream at the rooftops here to parents that just because you're at the hospital doesn't mean everyone coming into your room is a nurse or a doctor. And so they kind of slip in there surreptitiously, social workers, CPS agents, agents of the state. And it's usually because there's a concern relayed from a doctor or a nurse. And they'll come in there and start gathering evidence against you, essentially. Hey, what's going on? How many times do you feed the baby? How many wet diapers do you have? How, how many bowel movements they have? You know, just evidence they can use to file a petition to get you into the system. And so generally what I see with these cases is that's mistake and step number one parents go kind of sideways on is talking to social workers in the hospital, thinking they're medical professionals when they're not, when they're essentially like narcs or mm. police officers in your room where you should expect to have privacy the physician-patient privilege. So you can imagine if you're at the hospital, you talk to a social worker, you don't really know you've just talked to a CPS agent, and then they're relaying concerns behind the scenes. They try and get a hold of you. Maybe they don't get a hold of you, so they escalate it again. And before you know it, cops are putting a bolo out on your car, chasing you around town, and you're totally unaware of this. And I understand that uh, dad was arrested, the sister uh, was arrested, as well as Marissa were all arrested in the child, and the child Cyprus, Cyrus was taken. 
That's right. The sister was actually riding in the front seat of the truck, and the cops arrested her for felony injury to a child. And she's obviously wow. not the mom. I think they later charged her with resisting and obstructing. Um, they they pulled the the dad out of the car. They uh, pulled the mom out of the car and told her, "Hey, you can go to the hospital. We just need to check up on the baby." They coaxed the mother into the ambulance by saying, "You won't be separated from the baby. You could go to the hospital. Just come over here to the ambulance with us." Then they switched detectives and had another police officer come in and essentially tell Marissa that she was going to go to jail um, or she was going to give them their baby. Um, and if she gave them their baby, she could go on her merry way. <laughs> and uh, it was just pretty disgusting how they, they kind of – they actually threatened the use of force and they threatened to harm the child unless Marissa gave the child up. So they were like – well, we don't want your baby to have any further harm by you not giving us your baby right now. So it just placed this mother, yeah. Marissa, in probably the worst of the worst situations you could ever imagine, giving up your 10-month-old child that is exclusively breastfed to strangers you've never met, knowing that you're struggling with this medical issue, and then feeling like the people who are supposed to be there to support you are actually working against you. Yeah. And I watched the video, and it's it's gut wrenching to see them put so much pressure on a young, first time mom. And I know there are a lot of moms who just cringe at the idea of having to go to the doctor with their kid because of what you just sort of communicated. They're just not sure who's on their side and who isn't, and they're not sure if they're being manipulated or set up in any way. And they, it's like, how sad is it to have to go to seek medical help for your children only to just be constantly worried about what could happen next? And here is this first-time mom being told to go on her merry way after having given up her child. And to her credit, she said, no, I'm not doing it. I, I was just astounded at how calm, cool, and collected she was for a young first-time parent. Um, just thinking about the mistakes that I made. As a young parent, I could have easily gotten caught up in the system if I didn't have a mother who was a pediatric ICU nurse and a doctor who was the head of the entire ward of that hospital whose wife was a midwife. And j just the sheer risk that the large number of parents are at today by the way the system operates is what astounds me. And the fact that the police officers don't know the law of the land that parents have a well-elaborated constitutional right to live together without governmental interference. And in Idaho, that's Demarie versus Peterson, a Ninth Circuit case. And we have other really good precedent that talks about how centuries old this is a protected right in America, the right of a parent to custody control and society of his child, known as one of the highest in the law. So the message here to law enforcement officers is if you do this similar behavior, there will be consequences because there's no qualified immunity for you in federal court. And so you're deemed to understand the standard here for removing a child from their parents. And if you don't follow that heightened standard, which requires you to have an imminent risk of serious bodily harm or death in the time it would take you to get a court order, if you don't have that court order, there's going to be a civil follow-up on that emergency removal. Parents need to understand that. Parents need to go out and get educated so they can handle this when this situation arises because it's likely to. Hold that thought. Colton Boyle is our guest. He was attorney for Marissa Anderson and uh, baby Cyrus. 
And we're talking about this uh, case of medical kidnapping, why it's so concerning for parents across our country to pay attention to this and what, what could be done. More on this is coming up right after this very short break. So don't go anywhere. Kevin Dreyfus, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Attorney Colton Boyle is our guest. He represented Marissa Anderson and baby Cyrus up in North Dakota in the Boise, Idaho area. Back in March, he was taken from the parents and the parents were all arrested um, because of what they claimed to be a medical emergency for the child. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Boyle. So can you oh, tell great me, to be here. Thank you. Yeah, praise be to Jesus. Can you just tell me specifically the law itself? I want to get an understanding in my mind about what the intent of this law is versus how this law is or could be abused. Could you help me understand? Absolutely. The Child Protective Act is what it's called in the state of Idaho, and it's a special set of laws that mold the civil procedure rules, the juvenile procedure rules, and the family law procedure rules into this sort of quasi-private um, area of law that deals with children who aren't being properly cared for by their parents, either unstable home environments, abuse, neglect, or abandonment. So if any of those arise, you could be brought into the act. But we have to keep in mind sort of the hierarchy of laws. You have, you know, God's law, and then the Constitution, and then the statute. And so... The Constitution provides religious liberties, First Amendment, a, a whole coterie of rights that I don't think the statute currently protects. Here's a little snippet from Martin versus Vincent in Idaho. It's a 1921 case. The family unit is a unit of society and is so recognized by the state. The parents of children are recognized as their natural guardians, and the presumption is that they're fit and proper to exercise that trust. It's incumbent upon him who seeks to invade the home and remove a child from his protection and from the custody of its natural guardians to show facts sufficient to justify his actions under the law. 
parents are not required in the first instance to take upon themselves the burden of proving their fitness to have the care of their children um, or that they are properly ex <laughs> did we lose mr boyle we might have just lost him which is unfortunate because there was a lot to the detail of this case that we had not yet gotten into which is very concerning so one of the things is marissa's dad is an outspoken uh, activist with uh, freedom and religious liberty in the community. And I wondered if there was any connection there. I uh, didn't uh, have a chance to ask that. Hopefully Mr. Boyle will jump back on with us in a moment. But Marissa was getting the child medical care. They had been to the doctor. They had gotten tests. She was visiting, a, she was visiting the doctor's office. Uh, but she missed one appointment because she wasn't feeling well. Didn't think anything of it. And then that night, as Mr. Boyle uh, communicated they were surrounded at a gas station leaving a dinner party and they were uh, arrested and she was taken into a, an ambulance and she was told she had live streamed this interaction which was brilliant on her part so that's why we have all the footage you can you can YouTube it you can find it yourself it's just so unfortunate you know Joe having a a daughter myself who's exclusively breastfed yeah and um, you know we're trying to move her on to solid foods but it's very difficult you know for people who don't understand if you're if you're married you haven't mm -hmm. done uh, exclusively breastfeeding if breastfeeding your, your child or you're doing bottled you may not understand the nuances here yeah but you know the child may have all a, a slew of different uh, things that are preventing them from actually receiving enough breast milk like for example uh, a tongue tie or a lip tie or mm -hmm. all kinds of different things or maybe they they're not nursing properly so there's so yeah. many different things this i think is such an extreme example mm -hmm. of people not really understanding how difficult it is and then moving into the most egregious thing you can do which is take away yeah. a child for a week yeah. Now this child is again. I want to emphasize this child is exclusively breastfed. Think about what that does right. to the child. Exactly. For a week, being away from mom. Exactly. You know, and like I, I said a minute ago, there's so much pressure on these families. They go to the doctor. They just assume the best. They just want to assume the best, especially when you're giving birth to a child. You want to assume the best of those that are around you. And now they realize the hard way. You got to pay attention, Mr. Boyle. Are you back? Welcome to Idaho. Yeah. How are you now, randomly at 4.30 in the morning? <laughs> I, living in God's country has, has, uh, has some uh, challenges, doesn't it? Yeah, praise it's be okay. To we love it. Praise be to God. Well, we were, uh, well, while you were away, I'm glad you're back. Praise be to Jesus. I know, uh, Rudy, you had a follow-up question. Yes. Uh, you know, you were, you were sort of discussing the, uh, the, the law there, and I'm wondering if there's ever been any other examples of... of uh, police officers or the state taking away children for this very reason uh, that were dismissed for being, you know, uh, not legitimate. Yeah, I think I got cut off there when I went right into describing how there's confidentiality provisions here, ah, yes. how they've removed your right to a jury trial, how they apply gag orders and protective orders on discovery. And so one thing I've started to do in every single case is file a motion for a jury trial because the Idaho Constitution gives you the right to a jury trial in every criminal and civil proceeding but somehow in our statute the legislature thought hey let's just handle these with the court and there is a, a need for privacy here because let's say you have a bad parent and a good parent 
you don't necessarily want on your private medical information out there. However, in our case, Marissa and Anderson, their interests were aligned. They were trying to take care of their baby. They didn't care if any of this information was out in the public. So how could the, how could the government for, you know, hiding embarrassing information on the government's behalf alone justify a parent's First Amendment right, their Sixth Amendment right to a jury trial? So that is a brilliant question and one that we can't answer because all of these court proceedings are sealed and it's actually a crime to reveal information. You can mm. get punished by contempt of court wow. um, or otherwise to reveal facts of a case uh, if you're a party in the case. I, I would imagine that for a lot of people who are caught into these very complicated, nuanced situations where the law might have a good intent but is now being used in an improper way and these people are caught up into this, that they felt like they're being gagged, their hands are being tied, and everything is being stacked against them so that the outcome was inevitable that they lose and these authorities win. Would you say that's a fair assessment? I would say that's an understatement. I think it feels like the weight... I mean, imagine what the January 6th prisoners feel like. No speedy trial, no right to counsel. They've been sitting in there longer than the punishment for the crime they've alleged to commit. Yeah. You, like, some of them are committing suicide. I mean, the weight is immense. And the state is the more so sophisticated party. It's like there's a disparity of force. And the privacy interests alone are not enough to justify that. And so we're going to be working on reforms this year in the state of Idaho trying to pass legislation to fix this. Uh, and, and then we have to get smart as lawyers. I mean, just this last couple of years, you know, when they go and they have the initial aggressor, like a domestic violence uh, call for the cops, they were just arresting someone for a misdemeanor not uh, committed in the presence. So now cops are required to get an order and they can't just go arrest someone overnight. The entire law enforcement policy changed. So as soon as I have a case that we need to appeal and thank the Lord, we've never had to go that far. We're going to be taking this all the way to the Supreme Court and demanding a jury trial in these cases. Hopefully that will open the process up a little bit more to the public. And I think the judges and the social workers and the police officers will uh, act a little bit differently when they know they're being filmed and recorded and watched. I just really think this, the social workers get away with a lot because our internal policing system isn't adequate uh, to protect the interests of the parents and the family here. No, and don't get me wrong, yeah. there's certain circumstances where the children really need an advocate in the state. Think about like a person hooked on meth, running around getting stabby on kids. We absolutely want law enforcement to rush in and save those children. But when you start weaponizing the system against parents, yeah. good parents who are mm. trying, doing everything they can, and the doctors can't even figure out what's wrong with the child, there's no way you should be removing that child for safety reasons from the parents. Yeah, yeah very complicated to be sure. Um, I imagine I imagine that, uh, that there was a big effort in the community. I mean, I, I'm going to reveal my bias here a little bit, but I, frankly, I expect things, stories like this to, in places like New York or Chicago, Los Angeles. You kind of expect that nobody thinks, uh, you know, North Dakota, this is where this, is, this stuff's going down. So I find that very interesting, to be sure. But I, I imagine a lot of people in the community came out in support of Marissa, Levi, and Cyrus. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people immediately mobilized and protested at the hospitals, at the Department of Health and Welfare, and at other places. They, they were lucky to have a lot of support. And that's what's scary, is that I was very happy and very honored to be able to help Marissa and Levi and baby Cyrus. 
But what about the parents that don't know anyone? What about the single mother? What about the indigent person who's struggling and doesn't have the benefit of that? Mm. Their situation could have could have turned out totally differently and for no other good reason. Now, we have about a minute and a half with Colton Boyle, attorney, uh, former attorney for Marissa Anderson and Baby Cyrus. What would you say to a, a mom who's in this similar situation? What, what, sh- what should she do? What, what can she do? Number one, don't talk to the cops. Don't talk to the social worker. Find a good doctor who wants to help you with your health goals that's not going to be reporting. We have mandatory reporter statutes where they could be uh, punished if they don't report certain things. Educate yourself on your CPS system and your rights as a parent, your your religious liberties as a parent, and don't be afraid to exert those affirmatively. Once you stand up to the bully, they will back down. So don't try and dig yourself out of a hole. When in doubt, call a good lawyer. Educate yourself. Don't rush in and think they're here trying to help you. Just don't talk, right? Keep your <laughs> mouth shut until you know you want to say something. Amen. Praise be to God. Colton Boyle, we're grateful for your time today. If anybody has any questions or wants to contact you at all, how could they do that? You can go to the website, cboyleslaw.com, C-B-O-Y-L-E-S-L-A-W.com. Uh, you can send me an email there, title it info at, so I-N-F-O at cboyleslaw.com. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you for your time. We're very grateful. Bless you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Praise be to Jesus and all things. That's going to do it. For the first hour of Catholic Drive Time, please join us right after this uh, top-of-the-hour break. We're going to have a good news story. We're going to have a a saint of the day, gospel of the day. Plus, we are, of course, going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, with new prizes at stake and an after show. There's a lot still to come in Catholic Drive Time. If you can and are able to join us, do so. grnonline.com forward slash cdt is our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt tomorrow we're going to talk we're going to talk more about those uh food shortages and food plants being attacked with a rancher it's going to be a great conversation tune in god bless you god love you have a great day thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. March to end abortion and rally for personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. 
Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org from the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? I'm Deborah Haney from the Catholic School's Office at the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. I'm your host, Joe McClain, and it's good to be on with you. We have a great hour lined up for you this hour, so hopefully you'll be able to join us for all or part of it, praise be to God. But we just wrapped up a conversation with attorney Colton Boyle about baby Cyrus up in North Dakota who was taken from its parents uh, back in March. A very troubling story to be sure, and a lot to pray for there. Of course, we covered a lot of breaking news and stories to include the mass shooting up in Buffalo over the weekend. Such a tragic story uh, on that front as well as we caught you up on the tabernacle being stolen out of St. Bartholomew's out in Katy, Texas. Continue to pray. There was an arrest made. We don't know the motive at this point. They are claiming, at least the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, has put out a statement that said it's not related to the Roe v. Wade. Timing is suspect, but we're waiting to hear about a potential motive for that if it's not, in fact, related to the Roe v. Wade case. And the tabernacle has not yet been recovered, so lots to pray for there. But, uh, Anyway, lots going on. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Yeah, it wasn't related. It was just a good old-fashioned Satanist. Nothing just, to see here. He wanted for the Move black along. mass. And, Move along. Yeah. yeah. No relation whatsoever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, I watched Ben-Hur over the weekend. I think I mentioned that. You did, and I have not seen that movie. The Charlton Heston version? Nope, I haven't seen it. Makes. Are me... you going to send it out in uh, the email this mm, week? No, but I did find a very cool uh, entertainment source, resource to send to the ECDT insiders this week. Super cool. I'm a big fan of audio dramas, especially old ones that go way back, and I have one that's super cool. I'll be sending that 
this Thursday. Speaking of uh, sending things, I sent Adrian to Florida. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. You did? Yeah. Oh, You're welcome. Awesome. Only the best. I, I, I said brought, he must travel in style. I brought so the receipts. Spirit Airlines. I brought the receipts. You did? Uh-huh. Yeah, just thank you very take much. Take them out of your right pocket, put uh-huh. it in your left pocket. <laughs> you said you said me. That's oh. that's my version. Of, that's not How'd fair. it go, by the way? It was great. Praise be to God. I had a great trip going to St. Augustine, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Universal Studios, which, eh. There was some one cool thing. They had a born stunt show. That was cool. Did you get yeah, to participate? Else. I did. I went up and I jumped off the roof with them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, it was, a, it was a good trip. Praise be to God. But, you know, I really missed out because mm-hmm. Saturday there was a huge rosary rally in Houston in response to these attacks on the churches, yeah. which have nothing to do with Roe v. Wade, even though they did it in response to people talking about Roe v. Wade. Right. But it has nothing to do with Roe v. Wade, as we all know. Sure. But praise be to God. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time, and I'm excited for tomorrow. Mr. Julio Laredo will be coming into the studio. Yes, we've talked to Mr. Laredo a number of times. He's he's from Italy, and uh, but he's going to be in town, so we've asked him to come in and talk to us. He's got a book out, right, about liberation theology? Yes, his book, which I believe was originally written in Italian, it's mm-hmm. been translated to many languages, finally came into English, so he's giving a speaking tour all over America, and he'll be in Houston on well, tomorrow. Yeah. So he was going to be in Houston tomorrow giving a talk, and I believe the next day he's going to book it over to Dallas, and then he's got a whole itinerary plan all over the U.S., so we'll probably ask him like where people can go and hear him live uh, whenever he's here tomorrow. Ought to be a great conversation about liberation theology and sort of the uh, embracing of communism and mixing it with Catholic theology that's happened uh, all throughout Latin America, which has really confused a lot of very faithful Catholics into something that is uh, very bizarre. So we're going to have that conversation coming up tomorrow. And uh, we also have a rancher on tomorrow, uh, somebody who I've been enjoying watching on YouTube with some great information and resources into how our food is grown how our cattle are raised and how they're brought to market, how it gets to your dinner table, and that uh, how it's under attack in this modern age of ours, this brave new world of ours. And uh, so that's coming up tomorrow. It's going to be a great show. Join us if you can. But uh, we're going to have uh, a good news story for you. We're also going to have Saints of the Day, Gospel of the Day, all coming up in just a moment. And then, of course, we play our game show, Fear and Trembling, with a brand new prize sponsor this week. So stick around for that. I'll give you the phone number to call at the appropriate time. You can always hedge your bet and improve your opportunity by going to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If you'd like to get that phone number early and call and hang out with us, you're welcome to do so. But let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for listening to Catholic Drive Time. Here's another good news story to share with you. Epic Times reports quick-thinking UPS store owner helps elderly man dodge $12,000 grandparent scam. Spotting red flags and an elderly customer's shipping request, a UPS uh, owner stepped in, called a trusted relative, and saved the man from losing $12,000 to a scammer. Julie and her husband, David Osborne, have owned and run a store in Lebanon, Pennsylvania as part of the UPS franchise since uh, 2011. 
Julie didn't recognize Clyde Blount, who's in his 90s, when he walked into their Quentin Road store at the end of March, but she could quickly tell there was something wrong when he handed her a thick envelope. We were just doing our normal day, Julie told the Epic Times. Clyde came in and asked if he could ship something. He was visibly distressed and shaking. I started asking him questions. Julie recalled that as she questioned Clyde, he barely gave any information to her. When he asked her to overnight the package for an 8 o'clock delivery, stating that it was a document, she knew right then that this was a red flag in the shipping business. Clyde gave Julie a New Jersey address and named his grandson, Jeremy, who lives in New York, Pennsylvania. He immediately answered, asked, she immediately asked him, rather, why it needed to be shipped overnight, but Clyde didn't answer her question. I had my members Google the address on another computer while I was talking with Clyde, said Julie. He said, yes, this is my grandson's attorney's office. And I said, no, this is not an attorney's office. This is an apartment building. He paused and started looking confused. Julie then suggested they call Jeremy to confirm details, but the elderly man became desperate, pulling a, a $100 bill from his wallet and pleading with Julie to process his request fast. However, Julie had seen it all before as her, hus her uncle was targeted by the very same scam. What they do is they call these elderly people in the morning so they're usually disoriented, she explained. They're getting a call from somebody who's pretending to be an attorney and they'll say things like, I'm here with your grandson. He's been involved in a terrible drunk driving accident. He's injured and hurt and he's been arrested. A scammer will threaten the elderly relative to pay fast and keep quiet, said Julie. Julie asked Clyde for his grandson's occupation, found him on social media and sent him an urgent message with the subject line, a problem with your grandfather. Jeremy called her back within minutes to speak to his panicked grandfather. Clyde just kind of sat there, shook his head, and listened. He kept saying, okay, okay, and then he hung up, said Julie. The last thing he did before he left was uh, he said, I understand now. That wasn't Jeremy. Reflecting on the incident, Julie said, I wish I could tell you this was the first time it's happened, but this is probably the 12th time. Sadly, this is very familiar to us in the shipping business. Julie thinks the largest scam they've intercepted so far was for almost $30,000. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Simon Stock. He was one of the brothers of the Blessed Virgin Mary of Mount Carmel and had their origin as a Christian hermit community in Palestine. With the enfeebling and fall of the Crusader kingdoms and the resumption of Muslim rule, in the early 13th century, the members moved to Europe where they became a mendicant order. Simon was born in England and became an early leader of the order soon after it migrated to that country. Simon was known for his holiness during his life and the miracles that were that happened after his death attested to this. The surname Stock is related to a story that Simon lived for a time in a hollow tree. Stock meant tree trunk. And before the arrival of the Carmelites in England in keeping with the prophetic tradition. He is believed to have lived in Alisford in Kent, a place that hosted in 1247 the first general chapter of the Carmelite Order held outside the Holy Land and where there is still a monastery of Carmelite friars today. Simon was probably the fifth or sixth prior general of the Carmelites. During his service, the order spread widely in southern and western Europe, especially in England. Stock is credited with founding houses in the university cities in that era, as in 1248 in Cambridge, 1253 in Oxford, and 1260 at Paris and Bologna. The action was important for the, both the growth of the institution and for the training of its younger members. Stock lived an ascetic life, and he lived on a diet of herbs, roots, and wild apples, and drank only water. I can't imagine drinking only water. 
He died in Bordeaux, France, where he was buried. Simon Stock's lasting fame came from an apparition he had in Cambridge, England on July 16, 1251, at a time when the Carmelite order was being oppressed. In it, the Virgin Mary appeared to him, holding the brown scapular in one hand. Her words were, Receive, my beloved son, this scapular of thy order. It is the special sign of my favor, which I have obtained for thee and for thy children of Mount Carmel. He who dies clothed with this habit shall be preserved from eternal fire. It is the badge of salvation, a shield in time of danger, and a pledge of special peace and protection. The lesson from this? Well, go out and get yourself a brown scapular if you don't have one. Find a priest and ask him to enroll you in the brown scapular. And if you already wear this brown scapular, think about that today. Kiss it and ask Our Lady of Mount Carmel to give you the grace to make it to heaven. St. Simon Stock, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 14, verses 21 through 26. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not the Iscariot, said to him, Master, then what happened that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great said, quote, Paraclete is advocate or comforter. The advocate then intercedes with the Father for sinners, when, by his inward power, he moves the sinner to pray for himself. The comforter relieves the sorrow of penitence and cheers them with the hope of pardon. Close quote. St. Gregory the Great Pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a number of things from Cornelius Lapide. One thing that I want to point out is the fact that Cornelius Lapide here makes the uh, clear point that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost are one, are one in continuity with one another, meaning that they do not act separately. For where there is one divine person, there are the other two. He means, be it that after my resurrection, I shall appear visibly to you alone, but invisibly I shall come by my grace to all the faithful who believe in me. And as I will come, so also my Father and the Holy Ghost will come to them, and we will dwell in their souls as in our house and temple. So we have to keep that in mind when we speak of the Father doing something, or the Son doing something, or the Holy Ghost doing something, in reality, 
all three persons of the Holy Trinity act together and in continuity. They are never opposed to one another. They are always acting in unison. That's very important for us to remember during whenever we talk about these things, because sometimes we kind of set up a situation where the persons of the Trinity are completely autonomous and don't act together. And that's very important to keep in mind. The other thing is that the talk about the proceeding from the Father and the Son, whom the Father will sit in my name, Cornelius Lapidus says, through me, because the Holy Ghost proceeded from the Father and the Son. Wherefore, the Father with the Son, or through the Son, as he breathes, so also he sends the Holy Ghost. This is very important because it is, comes in his name. This is something that was hotly debated among the Eastern Orthodox and the Catholics. And even today, I went to a Byzantine Rite Mass yesterday, and they leave that out of the creed from the Father and the Son because it wasn't in the original creed, but the Romans added it in combat against many heretics who try to oppose the divinity of the Holy Ghost and the divinity of our Lord. So that's something very important to think about today. Let's think about the fact that the Trinity is, in fact, one. Let us learn something about the Trinity today, because if you love God, you will keep his commandments. But how can you love someone you do not know? So learn more about the Holy Trinity so you can love God more and more today. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, it is time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling. It is a fun game. It is an easy game. And let me encourage you, if you've never played this before, why not pick up the phone and dial today? There are new prizes at stake this week. You could win. All you do need to do is pick up a phone and dial 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. Right after the break, fear and trembling, prizes at stake. Make that phone call. Phone lines are open. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. 
Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are at stake. Praise be to God. But we have secrets and agendas. So I'm going to ask you, just between us, do not tell anybody what I'm about to share with you. Keep it to yourself. All right? What do you, don't be, uh, <laughs> okay, listen, here's the deal. All right? Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we get super sneaky with the questions. We look for teachable moments. And you might learn something you didn't know before. Praise be to God. Right? That's always a good thing. And number two, we like to laugh. We like to have a good time. And our callers are certifiably the best ever, ever, ever. And we love that the most, I would say. Number three, we like to give out prizes. And that makes this a winner for everybody involved. Praise be to God. But if you are new here, then you really have to pinky swear you're never going to tell anybody what I just said. That's number one. Number two, let me explain. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, uh, but the kick, uh, the kicker here is we do not ask the caller the questions, so they don't need to know the correct answers, and they could still win our game, and that's because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy, I will ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer, the other one will give us an incorrect answer, the caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision, whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian, and then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. What is this week's prize, anyway? Joe, it's 7 a.m. Okay. Do you know where your rosary is? Yes, I do. You do? Of course. Well, that's good, because, because May yeah. is the month of Mary. Praise be to God. And so to continue spreading the word of mm -hmm. the greatest spiritual weapon we yeah. have, we're giving away another beautiful rosary wow. made by Rugged Rosaries. Hey, now. However... This one was donated by a generous CDT listener. If you're watching us on the stream, you can see it's got a very beautiful serpentine green color, rose decade uh, beads here, and uh, a nice uh, uh, crucifix here with Solid. the Benedict uh, metal on it. And the it. corpus is a piece. It's like a one piece, so the corpus isn't going to fall off. No, it's not. It's a very it's beautiful rosary. That's so annoying. Now, the winner this week Grr. is going to receive this Our Lady of Guadalupe rosary, so they can pray the rosary Praise every single day. And God. thank you to our generous benefactor. Would you like to be a benefactor also? Shoot us an email and let us know. Yes. Uh, uh, prize sponsors are always welcome. Reach out to us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Jim. Hey. Is this our friend from doing? Abilene? Yes. Uh, affectionately referred to as Pesky Jesuit on our uh, live video feed every day. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Jim. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm doing so good, I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will take a seat I, I then, my friend. Yeah. It's, it's nice to listen to you and see you online, but to get to talk to you, it's even better. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice, Jim. Now, you've played before, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. So it's, but it's been a long time. Dude, the last time you played right. was was Rudy here? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes, so, sir. So I don't have to warn you or tell you that he's very tricky. <laughs> I, you don't need me to help uh, you with that. I don't know. They're, they're, bo- they're both pretty wise. You I agree. Three wise men, after all. Which is why I'm on your side to help you through this whole process. Are you ready, Jim? Are you ready to play? Ready. Ready. Praise ready. be to God. Let's do this. All right. We will start with Rudy once again. We took a week off, but we're back. We're back. Good I'm morning thinking we're to back. You. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. <laughs> Good morning. Praise be to God. Are you ready? I'm pretty ready. No tie. No tie today. Interpret that how you will. Could it be? Could it it's be? It's too hot in Houston. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. It's Texas. It what is. do you mean? It's not too hot. No. It's Texas. It's just right then. Okay. Are you sure, by the way? I'm, I'm sure. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with a super easy one. How about that? All right. Let's go for it. Uh, can you tell me which Sunday falls seven weeks after Easter Sunday? Okay, so Easter obviously is a group of uh, of week weeks there. So mm-hmm. once it's over, it's ordinary time. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So first Sunday of ordinary time. That's your answer. That's my answer. It's first Sunday of ordinary Nothing time. Nothing extraordinary. Nothing happens. extraordinary time. Nope. We should call it that. That's cooler. Nothing extraordinary time? <laughs> Just regular old... <laughs> Run-of-the-mill time? Green time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, first Sunday in ordinary time is your answer. Let's get a second opinion on this. Uh, let's go over to Adrian, who's back in the house. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Uh, you look tan from my trip to Florida. Oh, my goodness. You should have seen me. I was just, like, sunbathing the entire time. It was With crazy. the tie on? With the tie on. <laughs> I, my Only my face was exposed to the sun. <laughs> Praise be to God. All right. Can you tell me which Sunday falls seven weeks after Easter Sunday? Uh, yes. That That is a great, great feast. In fact, mm-hmm. it is one of the greatest. I'd say the probably second greatest feast, maybe third. What? And that would be Pentecost. Pentecost. Mm-hmm. You would rank it number two? Uh, maybe number three, two or three, one or the other. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. It's a big deal. Well, Good Jim, well, Jim uh, the pesky Jesuit, you have choices. Do you uh, go with Adrian on this, who says it's Pentecost? My man, Adrian. <laughs> you don't even want to hear Rudy's <laughs> yeah. choice? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. We're not even going to give Rudy a shot at pesky this? Pesky knows. <laughs> He's wise. Not this time. You can't trick him. <laughs> the not-so-extraordinary time didn't fool you, huh? Okay. Okay. No, because you have a sense. Well, are you guys talking like traditional or the oh, new? See, same on both. This is where it gets, you get super tricky. But you why did they call it that anyway? You chose very rashly. I would not recommend that. But you did choose correctly. Praise be to God. He's obviously a brilliant, handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> Tall. Yeah. Clearly. 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 All right. Praise God, Jim. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence for one. To the correct answer was, in fact, Pentecost. Uh, but let's see if we can't double your chances for this next question. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian. Uh-oh. That's dangerous. I have been told that by a number of people on the campus of University of St. Thomas. But I'm not surprised. I will throw to caution to the wind and ask you nonetheless. Oh, that's okay. Here you we go. So. Why is the Our Father the best? Of all the prayers. Oh, well, I mean, it's obvious why the Our Father is the best of all prayers. Mm-hmm. It's because mm-hmm. we say it like five times during when we pray the rosary. Oh. It's because it's in the rosary, okay. it's the best of all prayers. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Got it. It's like six times, by the way. Well, I guess it depends. <laughs> or, and that's only if you're praying five mysteries. It'd be more if you prayed all of them. That's true. Sure. All right, so... 
Your 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 answer is because of the number, the sheer number of times. No, I'm, it's because of the, that. It's in the rosary. That is oh, that it, it's association with the rosary makes exactly. Great. Got it. Got exactly. It. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me why is the Our Father the best of all the prayers? It's the best. The all best. right. I want you to close your eyes. If you're driving, don't do it. <laughs> just close your eyes and just envision do yourself it. there, and you're seeing Jesus at the top of the hill, and he's literally teaching you this prayer. Uh huh. It's the best of all prayers because yes. he himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gave us mm-hmm. the form. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your answer is because Jesus gave it to us. Yes. Makes it the mm, I don't know. You about can that. now open your eyes. Okay. All right, Jim. You got you, you got choices it. here. Oh, we're gonna have to hurry now. You got choices. Is it because Rudy, Rudy, Rudy? <laughs> <laughs> is it because Rudy said it? Am I in or trouble? Is it because Adrian <laughs> said it? I mean, when the, when the disciples said, "Lord, teach us to pray," mm-hmm. and he said, "This is how you do it." Okay. Boom. They're like, ah, uh, I kind of yes. like, I don't know, maybe just kind of free right. I'm going to do it myself. Sounds made up. So, I don't know. <laughs> sounds, sounds important when Jesus says it, right? I eh. mean, when Jesus says it, we Amen. should listen. I agree. I agree. So you're right. It's because Jesus taught it to us himself. Praise be to God. You're in the cup for two. All right. This next one is a tr- traditional question. So Uh-oh. potential curveball warning. All right. Here we go. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? What is the traditional response when the celebrant prays, I will go unto the altar of God? Now, he would say, Introibo ad altare dei. What is the response to that? I'm kneeling and I'm saying, Ad deum qualitificat juventutem meam, which means to God. I'm sorry, what? Who giveth joy to my youth. Oh, okay. So you're saying your answer is to God? Who give joy to my youth would be the proper response. I believe the palmist wrote that. The palmist, yes. The The palmist, palmist, as uh, President Biden once said. (laughs) The palmist. (laughs) Anyway, we gotta we gotta skip that. We gotta keep moving here. Adrian, can you tell me what would be the proper response when the celebrant prays? I will go into the altar of God. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go into the altar of God. The response, which you know, I got. For some reason, I, the priest got mad at me for responding this way. Oh, I said, plenus vinter non student libenter. And I'll tell you what that means in a second. Well, you're going to have to tell me what it means now, because we're out of time. Well, uh, I think we should let Jim guess. <laughs> well, Jim, you've got choices. And is it uh, as Adrian just tried to vociferate? Or is it as Rudy says, to God who giveth joy to my youth? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jim from Abilene. What say you? Oh, I'm a new Catholic, and I don't know Latin. I only know Texan, but I'm going to go with Rudy. Let's go. Yeah, mine is a full belly does not like studying. (laughs) Excellent. A full belly wants to take a nap is the answer. In fact, it is correct. To God who giveth joy to my youth is the right answer. Nothing about full bellies. Praise be to God. I will go unto the altar of God. To God who giveth joy to my youth. Sounds so poetic and beautiful, actually. What a great way to start Holy Mass. Hey, Jim, you did great. You, you didn't fall for any of the curveballs. You're in for three. You could win. It's win. It's always good to see you, Jim. Thanks for playing our game and having a laugh with us today. Thank you. Praise be to God. Pesky Jesuit hanging out with us. Uh, hopefully we'll see you in the after show. But we're going to put you on hold. If you can hang out with us in the after show, go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget.
Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Monday of the fifth week of Easter. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Come Holy Ghost, Creator blessed, and in our hearts take up thy rest. Come with thy grace and heavenly aid to fill the hearts which thou hast made. To fill the hearts which thou hast made. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty, Almighty God. God. And, and to you, my, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison Kyrie eleison Kyrie eleison Let us pray. May your right hand, O Lord, we pray, encompass your family with perpetual help, so that, defended from all wickedness by the resurrection of your only begotten Son, we may make our way by means of your heavenly gifts. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. There was an attempt in Iconium by both the Gentiles and the Jews, together with their leaders, to attack and stone Paul and Barnabas. They realized it and fled to the Lyconian cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding countryside, where they continued to proclaim the good news. At Lystra, there was a crippled man, lame from birth, who had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, 
who looked intently at him, saw that he had the faith to be healed, and called out in a loud voice, Stand up, straight on your feet. He jumped up and began to walk about. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they cried out in Lyconian, The gods have come down to us in human form. They called Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes, because he was a chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates. For he, together with the people, intended to offer sacrifice. The apostles Barnabas and Paul tore their garments when they heard this and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Men, why are you doing this? We are of the same nature as you, human beings. We proclaim to you good news that you should turn from these idols to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all Gentiles to go their own ways. Yet, in bestowing his goodness, he did not leave himself without witness, for he gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, and filled you with nourishment and gladness for your hearts. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the crowds from offering sacrifice to them. The word of the Lord. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. Not, Not to, to us, O Lord, Lord but, to but to your name give the glory. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, because of your mercy, because of your truth. Why should the pagans say, Where is their God? Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. Our God is in heaven. Whatever he wills, he does. Their idols are silver and gold, the handiwork of men. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. May you be blessed by the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Heaven is the heaven of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Not to us, O Lord, but to your name give the glory. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of all I told you. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not the Iscariot, said to him, Master, then what happened that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, 
but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever loves me will keep my word. My Father will love him. We will come to him and make our dwelling with him. About three or four weeks ago, my father passed away. And I remember as, as he was coming towards the end of his life, thinking, you know, he started thinking about those things that uh, you want to keep. And I was, the first thing that came to my mind was I wanted to keep my dad's cologne. <laughs> my dad hardly wore, wore cologne, and I hardly wear cologne. It's a religious priest. You just don't, you don't do it very often. But when my dad would put out his cologne, it was always a special occasion. So it was a, a Sunday it was a solemnity or it was some, some special occasion where he would dress up. And it always would remind me of this. So every once in a while, I was walking through the airport or I was walking to these different places and I would, that scent, somebody would have that kind of cologne. It had a sort, of a, a sort of a chrism kind of scent to it. It would always remind me of my dad. So I said, that's, what I wa- that's one thing I want to keep. Just because it would always remind me of my dad and it would always remind me of him in those special occasions. Sometimes he would, you know, he'd get up in his suit and tie and uh, we'd go to church or we'd go to some special occasion. And I kind of think of that in terms of, you know, when Jesus is preparing to go back to the Father, he tells his disciples what they should keep. Not his sandals, not his shoes, not his uh, garments, but his word. To keep his word and to keep it deep in their hearts. That's what should linger on in them. And he says, if you love me, you keep my commandments, you'll keep my word, and my Father will love you, and we will come to you and make our dwelling with you. And he also reminds us that it's the Holy Spirit, whom we called in a beautiful way in the hymn, in our opening hymn today, as we journey towards Pentecost, we now begin to ask the Holy Spirit to come, and he is the one who is going to remind us of everything that Jesus told us. Doesn't it happen that, of course, during, in prayer, when we we're really concentrating on that word, that word really begins to speak to our life, but then there's other moments where we might simply be doing, going about our business, and some word of Jesus pops into our mind or into our heart, and we see it in a completely different way, or we see how it applies so directly to our life. I remember reading a story of a man who was struggling with alcoholism alcoholism he just and he couldn't seem to get over this and had almost destroyed him and his marriage and his family but there was one time he he this word he received this word or he was looking up this word in scripture i think it's from the song of songs where it says your love is better than wine <laughs> and it was that word that always kept him from taking another drink again it was God's love that was so much more powerful and more potent than that wine. And he said he, he didn't want to, he knew if he took another drink, he'd fall right back, on, back into being an alcoholic. But it was the love of God that had been poured into his heart rather than the wine poured into a glass that really changed his life. And that word, because it is living and effective, has that kind of power, that kind of potency. And that's what Jesus reminds us. That, and it's not just his word, simply the audible word. It is his presence. It is him. He is the word of God who has come to us. 
We all have these experiences of that word that really touches us profoundly and deeply, and we need to come back to them, and we need to linger on that. Kind of like as the person who wears cologne walks out of the room, the, the scent is still there. The scent is still there. It lingers on, and that is to remind us of the power of the word of God in our life. The Holy Spirit will bring that word to our mind and to our hearts to make it fruitful in our life and to remind us, too, that the Lord in his word and in, and in Jesus Christ living within us is also the presence of the Father. That word needs to be believed. That word is celebrated in the liturgy where we come to the word who is made flesh in the Eucharist and is also to be lived most profoundly in our hearts. Why does Jesus show himself to us and not to the world? Because the world does not believe. It is, it is the one who believes who is ready to receive that word, that seed that is planted in good soil and produces much fruit. Let that word uh, be deeply implanted in our hearts. Maybe keep that word close to our hearts. Believe it and to celebrate it now and then to live it profoundly in our life. Dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, and we are filled with paschal joy. So let us pray more earnestly to God that he who graciously listened to the prayers and supplications of his beloved Son may now be pleased to look upon us in our lowliness. Let us pray for the shepherds of our souls, for our Holy Father, for the bishops throughout the world, and the priests that serve us, that they may have the strength to govern wisely the flock entrusted to them by the Good Shepherd. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the whole world that it may truly know the peace given by Christ. We remember in a particular way the situation in the Ukraine and all those places of the world that suffer from violence and war. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Mindful of our brothers and sisters who suffer in any way, that their sorrow may be turned to gladness which no one can take from them. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer for our own community, that it may bear witness with great confidence to the resurrection of Christ, to keep his word in our hearts, to, believe, to celebrate that word, and to live it profoundly as disciples of Christ, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory. Let's pray, too, for all those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association, for the intentions of those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio those two who have asked us to pray for them, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, who know that our life in this present age is subject to suffering and need, hear the desires of those who cry to you and receive the prayers of those who believe in you through Christ our Lord. Amen. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess him, King of glory now. Tis a Father's pleasure, we should call him Lord, who from the beginning was the mighty word. Humbled for a season to receive a name 
from the lips of sinners unto whom he came. Faithfully he bore it, spotless to the last, brought it back victorious when from death he passed. Bore it up triumphant with its human light, through all ranks of creatures to the central height. To the throne of Godhead, to the Father's breast, filled it with the glory of that perfect rest. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May our prayers rise up to you, O Lord, together with the sacrificial offerings, so that purified by your graciousness, we may be conformed to the mysteries of your mighty love, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time, above all, to laud you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. Through him the children of light rise to eternal life, and the halls of the heavenly kingdom are thrown open to the faithful. For his death is our ransom from death, and in his rising the life of all has risen. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exalts in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts Sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis in Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it for this is my body which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the life of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribus moniti, et divine institutione formati, audemus dicere. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adeniat regnum tuum, Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, anem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos imitimus debitoribus nostris, Et ne nos inducas in tentationen, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, 
miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you, says the Lord. Alleluia. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to her earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, Thou art all compassion, pure, unbounded love Thou art. Visit us with Thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who restore us to eternal life in the resurrection of Christ, increase in us, we pray, the fruits of this Paschal Sacrament, and pour into our hearts the strength of the saving food through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. 
Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Most Holy, Immaculate Virgin Mary, You are the Mother of God Himself. You are the Queen of all creation. You are the Keeper of Heaven's treasure. You are our help and protection. Grant us your intercession and may your favor never fail The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy that peace always in the name of Christ our Lord amen transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day this is the Guadalupe radio hi I'm father Nicholas Devine from Holy Name Passionist Retreat Center you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston part of the Guadalupe radio network radio for your soul